fossil fans and dino lovers, welcome to the Paleo Podcast, brought to you by the Cranbrook Institute of Science and Podcast Nation. Here are your hosts, Tim and Dr. Andrew. Fellow science enthusiasts, welcome back to the Cranbrook Paleo Podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tim. And make sure you stick around at the end of the episode for our question of the day segment, where we might just answer your question that you submitted online. Today, we are going to be talking about one of the most famous dinosaurs of all time. The most famous dinosaur of all time? I would definitely say 100% the most famous dinosaur of all time, and it's my personal favorite dinosaur. Okay. Uh, Tyrannosaurus rex, otherwise known as T-Rex. Gotcha. Yeah, so if you've only heard of one dinosaur, it's probably this one. And Okay, let's find out. Is the hype worth it? Tim, what can you tell us about the T-Rex? Well, it was one of the last uh, non-avian dinosaurs, that means non-bird-like dinosaurs, to live. Uh, It lived in North America. You can actually find it in several states in the United States. So it's an all-American dinosaur. Oh, there you go. Uh, And it is uh, one of the largest predatory dinosaurs. It's not perhaps the longest or biggest, but it was by far the heaviest. And it would have been extremely powerful, too. If there's any dinosaur worthy for the Rex, the king moniker, it would definitely be this animal right here. Yeah, so Rex is Latin for king, right? That's where that name is. Yes. Yep. So Tyrant King, correct? That's what Tyrannosaurus Rex? Tyrant Lizard King. Tyrant Lizard King. There we go. All right. So I've heard it said that the T-Rex is a model organism. What exactly does that mean ah so because t-rex is so popular uh a lot of people a lot of scientists choose that animal to study in order to like you know earn their degrees and uh as a result we know a lot more about t-rex than we would any you know most other dinosaurs again because we know so much about t-rex even more people pick it to study because it's already a good jumping off point and it kind of snowballs. The more we study it, the more we like it, the, and the more we like it, gotcha. the more we study it. And uh, so we actually understand more about T-Rex biology than we do some modern day animals. Huh. So people study T-Rex because people study T-Rex because people study T-Rex. Because people like yeah. T-Rex. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very interesting. So what can you tell me about the biology of the T-Rex? Well, it had um, several world records under its belt. Probably the most famous world record it had was it had the strongest bite force of any land animal that has ever existed. Today, wow. a crocodile has the strongest bite, uh, and they're they're strong enough to break bones sometimes. You may have you may have heard of that in like some Attenborough documentary. But T-Rex's bite was so much stronger than a crocodile's, it didn't just break the bones. It actually caused those bones to explode under the pressure. Oh my goodness. So what allowed it to actually do that? Did it, I know you said it has strong bite force then what were its teeth like then yeah so t-rex or or tyrannosaurs in general uh had extremely unique teeth most meat-eating dinosaurs have teeth you might have heard like like steak knives they were long thin sharp and had uh sharp edges on the side called serrations and that would have performed just like a steak knife it would have sliced through meat super easy however if a lot of these dinosaurs wanted to bite bone Uh, their teeth would break before the bone would. And T-Rex actually does the opposite approach. Its teeth are not sharp at all. They're they're round, they're blunt, they're heavy. They're they're shaped more like bananas than knives. 
And uh, it's that round tip, not the sharp tip, but the round tip that actually helps it break those bones uh, super easy. So they're they're biting through Triceratops the way we bite through apples. Oh, yeah, that's not terrifying at all. <laughs> How smart was a T-Rex? Can you tell me, do we know anything about, let's say, the brain of a T-Rex? Ah, uh, yeah. So we, we don't have the fossilized brain, but we do have the brain case, and that's just the bone that the brain goes inside. And uh, that, that bone is going to be hollow, and the inside of that bone is going to be the exact size and shape of the brain itself. You don't want it too big, otherwise the brain's going to bounce around in there. Uh, so by studying the brain case, we can learn a lot about the brain, and it wasn't very big. It was about the size of a, uh, a, a large Coke can. So to be clear, the brain case is not the head, it is something inside the head. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was not very big, and... Because of that, people for the longest time thought T-Rex just wasn't that smart, right? You know, they they thought all dinosaurs weren't too smart. But as we've been studying more and more about it, we now have understood that it's not the size of the brain that matters, it's the shape of the brain. Oh, and interesting. T-Rex's brain is shaped very, very closely to that of uh, uh, crows and ravens. And crows and ravens are actually perhaps one of the most intelligent animals on earth today. They, they've been compared to a seven-year-old human child uh, with complex social structures and, and perhaps even like almost like a language. And if T-Rex was at, at least as intelligent as a crow, but it had the bite force of a T-Rex, that's, that's definitely pretty impressive there. Wow, okay, so it was smart too. How good were its senses? There we go for another world record again. Oh, so boy. right off the bat, T-Rex, another world record it has is the largest eyes of any land animal uh, ever. Our oh. eyes are about the size of a grape, but T-Rex's eyes are about the size of an orange. There's a, a particularly famous movie with an infamous scene where if you don't move, a T-Rex can't see you. Ah. And uh, we now know that that is a perfectly good way to get eaten by that T-Rex. Uh, super easy. Wow. Because its eyes were extremely powerful. Um, by studying the brain and the eyes, and even where the eyes rest in the skull, they pointed forward just like our eyes do, instead of on the sides like maybe a rabbit. This gives it depth perception, so it can tell how far away uh, something is from itself. And uh, it had really good eye coordination, uh, so it can track moving things fast. And uh, its eyes were, were about three or four times stronger than that of a hawk's. Wow. Okay. Well, I will never look at an orange the same way again. <laughs> Very interesting. So one of when I think T-Rex, the first thing I think of is the classic roar that you hear in a lot of movies. Is that accurate? <laughs> Well, they say never meet your heroes, uh -oh. right? So it turns out, can you can you name a single animal that roars, but it's not a mammal? Uh, nope. Yeah, that that's right. It. <laughs> only mammals are mammals are the only animals on the planet that can actually physically roar. Hmm. So even without studying dinosaurs, we can now say it's more likely that they couldn't roar than they could just by looking at modern animals. Okay, so would it make any sound at all then? Definitely, yeah. It still would have made a lot of sounds. So by studying some of the vocal organs that get fossilized and part of the brain and, and all that, uh, we can determine that they would have made noises very similar to that of like a crocodile. Uh, they do what's called closed mouth vocalization, where they kind of 
they bellow with their mouth closed and it creates this big, deep vibration of resonance. So perhaps with the right movie director, it could be even scarier, Hmm. but you'd actually feel the noise more than you'd hear it. On the subject of sound, in in these movies with T-Rex, you'd always hear those footsteps coming up too. You'd always hear those seismic tremors. But large animals today have fleshy pads on the bottom of their feet, you know, like elephants. Those pads cushion their footsteps so that they don't uh, hurt their feet when they walk. But it also makes their footsteps almost completely silent. And T-Rex, without a doubt, had those same fleshy pads. So it could be walking right up on you and you'd have no idea. Okay, well, this is all sufficiently terrifying. So not only could I not hide from a T-Rex, it would be able to see me, but it could also sneak up on me too. That's right. Okay. And okay, maybe there's one thing that the T-Rex doesn't have going for it. I keep hearing the thing everyone makes fun of the T-Rex for, it's tiny, useless arms that are way too short for its body and are functionally useless. Is that the case, Tim? (laughs) Those goofy arms. So uh, we talked about how amazing T-Rex was. Let's kind of knock it down a couple pegs. It was physically impossible for T-Rex to touch its own face. Mm. And it also could not touch its own hands together. It couldn't clap. The arms were too short and too far apart to reach each other. And so for context, a T-Rex arm, a fully grown T-Rex arm, is about the exact same length as a fully grown person's arm. So my arm or Andrew's arm. However, by studying parts of the bone on T-Rex's arm, uh, certain points called muscle attachment points, uh, it's where muscles connect to the bones, we can look at the wear and tear of those muscle attachment points and deduce how powerful those muscles were and how big those muscles were, kind of calculate and get a better understanding of of these arms. And even though they are the same length as an adult person's arms, so my arms or Andrew's arms, they could curl 430 pounds. I think I can do that. I was at the gym yesterday and I could barely do 20 pounds. All right, well, (laughs) okay. So yeah, because I was going to ask, why do they have these arms if they're these fierce predators? My my guess was going to be they just didn't need them because their jaws are so powerful, but even the arms are useful for their their terrifying predatory skills. Yeah, so uh, the arms are kind of interesting. So Tyrannosaurs, the family that Tyrannosaurus rex belongs with, have been around since the Jurassic period. And T-Rex is, is the last. It was the late Cretaceous. So this is, this is a good 100, 150 million years of basically evolution that this family was going through. They started very small with longer arms and in fact had three fingers instead of the famous two that Tyrannosaurus has. And as they grew, their heads got bigger and their necks got shorter and so did their arms. So one of the theories is bigger the head, you need the stronger neck to hold that head up and and more powerful muscles in that neck to move that head around. Makes sense. But the arms will compete for uh, real estate in that neck area as well. Uh, So by reducing the size of your arms, you can increase the size of your head by using using that neck muscle as the conduit. The use of those tiny arms has been up for debate and has been mystifying everyone since the discovery of how small they were. 
and uh, some scientists think they've now kind of cracked the code of what those arms were for. They're very strong, and they are right at the almost like the bottom of the chest of the T-Rex, so right underneath all that mass. And uh, they had two fingers with extremely sharp, curved, and long claws that would have looked a lot like an owl's talons. Now, one thing an uh, animal will do, uh, even today, is they tend not to eat their prey right where they make a kill. Uh, you might see on a documentary a lion dragging a, a gazelle away or a crocodile kind of swimming with a, with a boar kind of in the water. Uh, that's because they want to eat where they can feel safe and they feel safe in their territory. So we now kind of believe that T-Rex used those arms to pick up its food and then just walk away with it. Oh, wow. And since T-Rex were so aggressive towards one another, if another T-Rex showed up and wanted to take that food away, uh, their primary mode of defense, their their bite, their head, is still free and able to defend themselves if they needed to. Wow. So we have all of this interesting scientific information. Where exactly can we find these fossils of T-Rex? So... Contrary to popular belief, you know, people think because T-Rex is so popular and so big, it's got to be one of the rarest fossils ever. But it turns out it's actually kind of common to find. You, you probably might find a, a T-Rex bone or a tooth here or there if you go to the right places. And those places are uh, Montana, North and South Dakota, and a little bit of Wyoming, which form a fossil bed called the Hell Creek Formation. It's one of the most studied formations, and it's where we get Triceratops and Pachycephalosaurus. But there have been Tyrannosaurus rexes found in Canada and perhaps even as far south as Mexico. So it really seems like T-Rex just kind of dominated that entire left side of North America there. Yeah, wow, they were everywhere. So, in summary, all the hype about T-Rex is, in fact, well-deserved, right? 100%. And now for our question of the day segment. This one was asked online by Roy. Roy asks, who would win in a fight, a T-Rex or a stegosaurus. It's an interesting one. Do you want to, can I answer that yeah, one first? Yeah, well, I'm I, curious what you'd think. Yeah. First thing I'd like to add about that is these dinosaurs actually never lived at the same time, if I can get pedantic here. So chronologically, a T-Rex is closer to present day, 66 million years, than it was to the stegosaurus, which lived 85 million years before the T-Rex. So right. It was already a fossil by the time T-Rex was around. Yeah, which is crazy because we oftentimes just want to yeah. lump all the dinosaurs together. But yeah, they never crossed paths. But hypothetically, while the Stegosaurus did have the uh, that spiky club at the end of its tail known as a Thagomizer that it could whip around, I think the size comparison of brains alone would make it an easy win for a T-Rex. That's what I'm thinking. What do you think, Tim? Well, I actually got to say I... I kind of think the opposite there. Ah. Let me lean back in my armchair here and, and tell you. Yeah, <laughs> so, take me to school. Here, <laughs> like you mentioned, uh, T-Rex and Stegosaurus did not live with each other at all. They would have had no concept that the other ever existed because we are closer to T-Rex than T-Rex is to Stegosaurus. Right. Um, what, what we can observe in modern animals is they tend not to hunt, you know, predators tend not to hunt animals that they're not entirely familiar with. For example, most predators tend to be afraid of humans 
even though it could absolutely eat a human if it wanted to. Right. And that's just because it's not used to it. Another thing predators do is they won't hunt an animal that could potentially defend itself and hurt the predator back. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so um, what T-Rex was probably doing was it was probably hunting the very young and the very sick animals. Uh-huh. And a full-grown, healthy stegosaurus had those spikes at the end of its tail called thagomizers, and they were 100%, without a doubt, there to defend itself. So I would have to argue that, oh, and, and I'd like to mention too, with modern animals, the most aggressive animals in the world are actually herbivores and not the predators. If you oh, look at wow. the African savanna, you don't have to watch out about hyenas or lions. They tell you to look out for hippos and rhinos. Those are the ones that are aggressive. So I would actually be willing to wager that if a T-Rex encountered a fully grown, healthy stegosaurus, the T-Rex is going to back down and that stegosaurus is going to be all fronting up on that T-Rex, showing it its tail and and not backing down until the T-Rex runs away. Okay. And because T-Rex was was probably significantly smarter than stegosaurus, it would probably understand the... the uh, the futility of of a an attack on this animal as well. Okay, so a T-Rex is looking at a stegosaurus and would probably think, nah, it's not worth it. Not worth yeah. it at all. I'll go after its, its baby. That's right. <laughs> I have a newfound respect for the stegosaurus. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew and Tim. T-Rex is my favorite dinosaur, too. Listen to episode three as we talk to Dr. Steve Brissotti, who worked on a dinosaur movie you might be familiar with. Thanks for listening.